lost in love, sweetly broken, wholly surrendered. Those are words spoken in an attitude of humility, looking for direction, finding direction in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As a congregation over the summer, we are going to be diving into topics, uh, issues. Uh, two weeks ago, Pastor uh, Kaiser started the conversation on race and race relations. And I think every one of us would agree we have a long way to go as a nation. But we started the conversation. And then Pastor Brandt brought things into a little bit more of an intimate relationship when he was talking about marriage uh, and, and the relationships there and how we are to live as husbands and wives. And today I'm going to open things back up again as we talk about managing conflict. And part of the resource that I'm using, uh, our confirmation kids, our eighth graders, uh, not this year but in years past, uh, we're going through a material called The Peacemaker gentleman by the name of Ken uh, Sandy wrote this particular book. There's a, a Lutheranized version of it, uh, Ambassadors of Reconciliation, Ken uh, Colbert. Um, they have scoured through the scriptures and, and drawn through some uh, ideas that we can take uh, to our relationships when things break down between people, uh, when there is conflict between us. Another way to, to look at this is biblical peace making. Now, they happen to use four different approaches to, to conflict. I'm only going to talk about two. At the eight o'clock worship after that church service, someone came up to me, are you going to give us the other two? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Seriously, because if we, once I get into it, you'll see why. Once, I, once, once we get the, the two in the beginning, everything else will fall into place. When you have a conflict, when there are some things that are going on, uh, a lot of us uh, dread that. But, but let me just lay this out there. Conflict isn't always a bad thing. Conflict is simply just when an idea or, or two ideas that might be differing or two expectations that might be differing uh, come colliding together and, and people need to wrestle through and find some compromise there. It's, it's not a bad thing. So when these expectations, when these ideas come colliding together, how can we relate to one another in a way that doesn't destroy, but actually builds up? And that's the life of the Christian, isn't it? And, and, and here, and in, in what Ken Sandy and, and what the Bible is, is telling us is when we have conflict, we can approach it in a healthy way. And that first way is to glorify God. Well, how do we glorify God in the midst of some hard conversations? And Well, we start to think, Lord, how would you have me act? How can I praise you and how can I honor you in the midst of this? How can I reflect what you're like and what you've done? How can I lean into you? Ken Sandy says it this way. He says the best way to glorify God in the midst of conflict is to depend on and to draw attention to God's grace. It means reflecting undeserved love. And I know some of you who are in conflict with one, you're like, all right, I'll love them, but they don't deserve it. Right. No, this is undeserved love. It's no strings attached. You are just loving anyway. You're practicing mercy, you're practicing forgiveness, you're leaning into God for strength, you're leaning into him for wisdom, 
the same wisdom that, uh, that we have in Jesus Christ. When there's conflict, some of us tend to want to just avoid it. We want to escape it. That's my tendency. I don't like conflict. I would rather just say, ah, it doesn't really exist. There's nothing between us. Uh-huh. Yeah, till I see you, and I remember what you did, and there's really a wall building up between us, but I haven't really told you about it. That's a, just an escape. It's a denial. And, and we have to pay the price in conflict. We have to have that, those, those conversations or the relationship is never going to be reconciled. The other way that we can, the other extreme is for us to attack. And, and when we attack, we take approach to conflict that just says we dig in our heels and I'm going to win this argument at all costs. And husbands and wives do this all the time. We, we do this with one another all the time. But in conflict, we dig in our heels. It's an attack. When we're saying, I'm winning at all costs. And we, we'll use our words. We'll use our, our voice. Uh, we'll try to intimidate. We'll want to get you to comply and argue you into submitting to our way of thinking. And sometimes we're going to use force. And if we're attacking in the midst of conflict... More and more walls are going to be built up and relationships are just going to be outright destroyed. Jesus, I'm going to back up here so for the camera folks can know this. Jesus has another way. You see the cross? Do you realize God came down and hung on something made of wood, a tree? He came down and hung his life there because he values relationships. God died for relationships. God died because he wants to see relationships restored and, and reconciled. God died for that. He laid his life down for that. All we have to do when we are in the midst of the conflict is start to see people through the lens of the cross of Christ Jesus and how he breathed life into them and to us and, and realize that God died to restore relationships. And so when we are in the midst of a conflict, the best thing we can do is we say, Lord, how can I show your love? How can I glorify you in the midst of this? Well, he tells us in Scripture on a couple of places that we need to check our motives. Check our hearts. Check, check what's going on inside us. James is pretty clear. Chapter 4 says, What causes quarrels and causes fights among you? Is it not your passions that are at war within you or your desire and you do not have so you murder or you covet and you cannot obtain so you quarrel? You see, many of our disagreements are because we're making something all about us. When a conflict arises, what we need to do is we need to check our heart. Am I approaching this with an air of pride? Is there something that I need to repent of? Am I acting entitled like you owe me something? Am I self-important or, or self-righteous? How can I glorify God in this moment? What are you telling me, Lord? Is there part of this issue that I need to take responsibility for? And that takes me to the gospel lesson that Tim read just a little bit ago. It's a time in... Jesus is doing a sermon on the mount. He's actually talking about being judgmental. Um, but it, it's also helpful for conflict, and I'll unpack that here in just a second. This is the words again. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? 
Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, or let me fix you, um, when there's this log, this, this protrusion that's in your own eye. And then Jesus says it pretty clearly. You're a hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So how does this help with peace and, and restoration? Well, instead of digging in our heels and winning at all costs, we take what we sung about just a little while ago, that heart attitude. We, we realize we're all sweetly broken. We, we're not always right. And we have something that we can learn from one another. Many of our arguments, we think we're 100% in the right, and the reality is, is in many of our arguments, there's at least some aspect where you are contributing to the problem. The only one that was 100% right all the time was Jesus Christ. And what did he do? Jesus was willing to take on our wrongs. The innocent one was willing to take on wrongs. He was willing to surrender his right to be right, and go to the cross for us. And so this is what I'm going to encourage you to do. Maybe you've been reflecting on some issue that you've been in conflict in, and you're like, yeah, but this, this person did this, and they're just absolutely in the wrong. Really? Is there even 5% that you can take responsibility for? Can you surrender your right to be right just for a moment, and maybe listen and seek for some understanding and some clarity? And maybe you'll realize it's really just a misunderstanding and a miscommunication. And that's the takeaway that I want you to have. What we can do as we are seeking to glorify God, if we don't make it all about us, if we're willing to surrender our right to be right and be willing to be wrong, when we take that approach, then we can work towards a solution to bring healing and restoration. Let me take this one step further with a, a real-world example from my own life, if you don't mind. I've been a pastor now about 13 years. Uh, so this is going to have taken place back in 2007, right around September of 2007. So I'm a, a pastor now at that point only for four, four months. I'm excited because newly married, my wife and I just bought a house and... Um, She's getting ready to move some stuff from Bay City into this place, and I'm in Sterling Heights, and we're going to move into this new house. It's a first-time home. It's like your, your first home, and so you want everything to be just right. And we walk in, and we say, hey, we can, we can refinish these hardwood floors and, and make everything look pretty good. But, but where do we go to get that done? So we started asking around, is there anybody that has any knowledge in, in re restoring hardwood floors? And wouldn't you know it, some gracious member of the congregation, she volunteered her husband to help us out. Okay. So do you know where this is going? Um, we were geeked. We couldn't wait to see what these hardwood floors look like until we walked in the door. And there's this gaping hole, like in the side of the living room because a floor sander, boom, had gotten away from the operator, and there's just this hole. And then you look at the floor, and that sander just basically just ate up the floor, and you can see every swirl mark all throughout it, and you can see stains that are just, it's just completely uneven. And, and we gotta pay for this? Oh, <laughs> and I'm the pastor of the guy that did the work. And I'm going to have to have a conversation with him. Um, I'm not paying for this. People have left the church over less. 
And so he and I, we had some tension between us uh, for uh, a little while. And, and you know what? I imagine at some point he and I were uh, both considering lawyers. Uh, but lawyers wouldn't have uh, helped in this case. Lawyers, uh, uh, that kind of conflict, that kind of litigation really just, it really just uh, destroys relationships. But we did involve a, a, a third party within the Christian community. We involved a third party, a neutral person. And, and it was right there that I realized I had something to learn. I had some responsibility in this. And that gentleman was able to show me, uh, did you do your homework? Did you vet the gentleman that was going to do the work? Was he a professional? No. So, Okay. Uh, do you realize that when you're using dark stain on wood that imperfections show up a little bit easier? Uh, no? Okay. So I had some things that I needed to own in that conflict. And with that humility now, I was able to not dig in my heels quite as much, and we were able to work out a negotiation with a member. And really all he wanted out of it was uh, just enough to cover the expenses of bringing in his brother because his brother took a day off work uh, and there were some material expenses and he just wanted to make sure his brother was compensated. And I was good with that. He didn't. Anyway, I am so glad that I did that because a year later, that brother ended up passing away of a heart-related illness. And had there been conflict between me and the other gentleman, I would never have been able to have the opportunity to minister to a gentleman who was grieving. He would have wanted nothing to do with me. But because conflict was resolved and because we were able to, in Christian love, make peace and, and reconcile this thing between us, it didn't stand there. We were able to navigate this other area now where there was loss and there was death. And then suddenly, hardwood floors really didn't mean a whole lot. See, all these things that we argue over, these worldly things that we, we, we fight over, when there's things like life and salvation, we don't take hardwood floors with us to paradise. We do take our relationships with one another. And God gives us the ability to live in forgiveness, to practice grace, to show undeserved love, to to be merciful, to be forgiving. Because you know what? Every single one of us have been wrong. We're, we're wrong before our Lord all the time. And he chooses to surrender his right to smite us down and to love us instead. We plaster all over our mission here at St. Lawrence these words. To show how beautiful, by word and deed, how, how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. If we as, as Christians can, when it comes to conflict, just let's be humble in our approach. Let's glorify our Lord. Let's willing to be wrong. Let's learn from one another. Let's show by word and deed how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. I think we can make a positive impact and learn to be bridge builders in our community and our surrounding areas. Amen? Amen. Let's wrestle with the issues. Let's take our conflicts to the Lord. Let's learn from him and learn from one another. In Jesus' name, amen.